Man, I am so glad that you are here today. I'm glad I'm here today. Man, listen, I'm excited. I get two services of this. Uh, listen, we have a special uh, opportunity today to uh, welcome a, a good friend, good friends of mine. Uh, this is Christy Lakachi. Uh, he is the headmaster of the Richard Warren Brand uh, Christian School in Yash, Romania. Uh, you've already met Raul Kirika, uh, who uh, leads uh, worship there as well, helps out with the school. Uh, and we have had a longtime partnership uh, with the school, and they're here today uh, doing lots of different things here in the States. But uh, we've had such a longtime partnership. But many of you guys don't don't know them uh, and have never had a chance to meet them, hear what they're doing. And so, guys, I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thank you for leading us in worship already, Raul. Uh, and Christy, my good friend, it's always good to have you back. Can, you. can you tell us a little bit about uh, just you, Yash, uh, and a little bit about the school? Yeah. Good morning, everybody. It's a great uh, opportunity for us to be here. Thank you for welcoming us. Uh, thank you for allowing us to mess up your service. Uh, <laughs> and I'm glad that Raul sang, and it was not I who sang. Uh, uh, we are from Yash, which is in the northeast of Romania, right at the border with the Republic of Moldova and Ukraine. Uh, we uh, are part of the Richard Wurbrand School. We bear the name of Richard Wurbrand, the author of Torture for Christ. Probably you've heard of that book. Uh, the person who started the Voice of the Martyrs here in the States. Uh, God has blessed us over the last 28 years, and uh, now uh, we have uh, over 600 students in our school. Yash is the second largest city in Romania, after the capital, uh, which is Bucharest. And uh, uh, there are less than 1% evangelical Christians in our city. So our vision is to reach this current generation for Christ uh, by providing them with education from a Christian perspective, by providing a chance to uh, meet Christ through the teachers that we have there. Uh, we are an open Christian school. That means that we welcome uh, students who come from uh, non-Christian families. Uh, so we have like 50% students who come from Christian families and 50% who come from non-Christian families. But this is a ministry, uh, so uh, we uh, provide uh, tools that uh, reach their hearts and uh, we offer them discipleship. Uh, we have a, a curriculum in Romanian, we have a curriculum in, uh, in English, and also we have an undergraduate students uh, program where we um, teach um, different ministers uh, how to preach, how to lead the churches, and also uh, train teachers from a Christian perspective. Uh, and listen, I mean, we could, we could go on and on for the entire hour hearing about this. And over the course of even just the, the eight, nine years that I've known you, we've seen such expansion just from, from one school now into the, the kindergarten areas and then the undergraduate program that started. And there's even more. The Lord has blessed this uh, over these years. Uh, and it really is having an impact. You were telling me a story just uh, earlier about some of the students and what they're doing. Yeah, um, as you know, uh, the world uh, was really uh, impacted by uh, what happened uh, in, in Ukraine, and our school has been uh, involved uh, in helping refugees. Actually, Raul and I went to the border uh, right last February when the war started, and even currently we, uh, we, we support 78 uh, young people who live in Romania, and our students uh, in service them, you know, uh, clean for them, uh, cook for them, and... Uh, one of our graduates, actually, uh, is uh, a Secretary of State now uh, in the Romanian uh, ministry, uh, uh, foreign, minist uh, foreign Ministry, foreign ministry, 
And um, he's actually now in negotiations with uh, uh, Moldova and the uh, Ukraine problem. So we can see how God has prepared our students to be in key positions, you know, to bring a Christian perspective in, even into this conflict. So we are thankful uh, for the ways in, in God, um, uh, that God works through our students and uh, reaches out to other people as well. Yeah. Uh, if you guys were a part of our church last year when the Ukraine crisis started, we raised a lot of money. Uh, it was really these two guys who were ferrying all of the resources over. And we actually showed you pictures. Uh, and it was these guys in the pictures who were taking those resources into Ukraine, ministering to churches, uh, talking to those people. Uh, and it was, it was cool just for them to be sending back all the, the stories of, of what was happening. Uh, but this was kind of our personal lifeline into that crisis and how we got aid uh, there. Uh, Raul, just... Just a little bit about your story and how you came to know to the came to the school and come to be a, a part of kind of what all is going on. Yeah, first of all, it's a blessing to be here. I feel so honored and touched by God worshiping with you here. Thank you for welcoming us. How I get to Richard Wurbrand's school was his fault. <laughs> uh, he was very courageous to ask me to join. And I think that God uh, moved my heart to accept. And I'm so excited that I said yes, because my life also changed in the five years that I'm uh, there teaching. Yeah, and, and look, I, 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 you, I would love for you to hear the entire story because there's, there's so much the Lord has done in your life and it's changing direction and bringing you to the school, but now the impact that you're having uh, on the students there, uh, it, it really is incredible. Tell us a little bit about camp because that's one of the things that we do. We're actually recruiting now for our trip uh, to go over and do a youth camp there, and I've been many times uh, with this, but tell me about just the impact of camp on the students at the school. Yeah, uh, because of the pandemics, we didn't have camp uh, in the last uh, four years, yeah. three, four three years, years, I guess, yeah. uh, and everybody misses it. Uh, uh, I know that uh, many of you have uh, been a part of that camp, and uh, it's a great chance uh, for you to spend uh, five days with our students, day in and day out, to disciple them, uh, to see uh, how the Lord works in your heart, and uh, you don't have to be uh, trained, you, have to, you don't have to have a degree. Just be yourselves, uh, be a Christian uh, among our students and uh, love them, talk to them, and this is a great chance for them to hear the gospel. Uh, many of the students uh, gave their lives to Jesus uh, during these camps, and uh, it's a great opportunity for you to have an impact into their lives. Uh, actually, the camp that we're using uh, for the summer camps uh, is now packed up with uh, uh, Ukrainian refugees. So um, uh, probably you'll meet some of them uh, while you're there. So we're, we're gladly inviting you to uh, sign up for this, uh, for this, uh, for this uh, trip. It's an easy trip. You fly straight to Europe from uh, uh, Vienna and into Yash, and uh, um, it's safe. Um, uh, our students speak English, so you can get along with them uh, easily. Uh, so it's a great chance for you to uh, do the work of God in Romania. Uh, and also the students will have an impact on your lives as well. Trust me. <laughs> they will. Uh, listen, it was, I was trying to remember the exact year, uh, but I, I did not know Christy. I had just joined Double Oak Community Church, uh, and he was here doing this right here. Uh, and it was during that time Allison was just really moved. Uh, she came to me after the service and said, hey, we're going to Romania. I said, we're going where? <laughs> I couldn't, have put, I couldn't have pointed to Romania on a map. And she said, we're going to Romania. I heard that guy. And I showed up for a meeting. 
Uh, and we've been going for years now, and it's been this long-term partnership. I've got to see this ministry grow. Uh, there's just so much more. And so, I, look, if the Lord's moving in your heart to come and join us on the trip this year, we'd love for you to come. Uh, but also, I hope that we'll continue to partner uh, with these guys, not only in their help in Ukraine, but with the school. We are expanding. Uh, there's new opportunities. We're, we're, we're helping to, them to build uh, different things so that we really can see the gospel grow in Romania. Uh, there's just a lot more to tell. So I hope that after the service, you'll come and meet these guys hang out with them uh, and get more information. But at the very least, man, let's continue to pray uh, for them as they serve uh, as our brothers in Romania. So we're going to pray for them even right now, if you will. So let me, let me just pray for y'all. Father, I am so grateful for my brothers. God, just to, to have these bonds across an ocean into a place just a few years ago I had never heard about or thought about, and now it just feels almost like home because I know the hearts of these men. Uh, their wives, uh, Father, the teachers at the school, uh, so many friends who are working tirelessly that your name might be lifted up, that your kingdom might grow. Lord, I've watched them suffer through adversity. Uh, I've watched them suffer through opposition. And God, in all those things, you have been faithful. And not just faithful to pull them through, but to bless them and to expand the ministry. And so, Father, I just pray that continual blessing on them as they are refreshed here this week. Uh, Lord, that you would bless them with new relationships, new opportunities. Uh, God, as they take that back to continue the work that you are doing. God, may your favor go with them, your strength, your power. God, we pray for our brothers and sisters in Romania, even right now for the, for the school, for the churches. Uh, we pray for this camp coming up this summer that you would just map all of these things out so that your name might be lifted up. But God, I pray a blessing upon these men, upon all the work that they do. God, we love you and we're so grateful to worship today with our brothers. In your name we pray, amen. Can we honor these guys here today and just thank y'all for thank being you. here. Thank you. Thank y'all so much. Woo, listen. Uh, I, I just, I, I am brimming with stories. Uh, I wish I could tell it today, but please grab your Bibles if you will. Let's go to John chapter 15. John 15 is where we're going to be today. Shocker. Uh, if you've been with us, we have been in this series called Repent, Abide, Obey, Enjoy. And we've been in John 15. You might have thought last week was the last week of the series. You said, Adam, we got to enjoy. I kind of figured that was the end. And yes, we've gotten to the end of the uh, kind of the four parts of this process. But now, just like we did at the very beginning of the se our series, we kind of put it all back together to look at what is the purpose of this? What's going to result uh, from a life that is lived in this path of spiritual joy where I repent, I abide, I obey, and I enjoy. So that's why we find ourselves in John chapter 15. Uh, we'll start in verse 1 in just a second. Uh, listen, as we walked through this, we, we said there, there, there's a purpose for this. There's a reason that God wants us to walk on this journey, that we leave the land of disobedience uh, and we say, I need to repent. I'm going to turn away from my sin. And so that's the first step. So I say repent on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Right, so we repent, and that leads us to an abiding relationship. I develop my relationship with the Lord. Let's say abide on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. You guys are a little light, like lighter today. We need to like get back the oomph. I got a cold too. I'm sorry, all right? So uh, bear with me. I'll bear with you, but let's, let's like pretend, right? One, two, three. Abide. Much better. All right, then as we abide in him, that leads us to obey him. We walk in his ways. He leads us. He empowers us, but we walk in his way in obedience. Let's say obey on the count of three. One, two, three. Obey. 
And the final step is to enjoy him. And we talked about this last week. We enjoy our life in the Lord. This is how we glorify him. We enjoy him. So let's say enjoy on the count of three. Say one, two, three. All right, so here's this four-step process. You say, Adam, well, I already know the goal. The goal is to enjoy. We said that for four weeks. We're trying to get here. God wants us to get here, and that is true. But there's a further purpose for this abiding relationship. There's a further result from walking this path of spiritual joy, and that result is spiritual fruit. At the very beginning, we, we saw this metaphor that Jesus gives us of the vine and the branches. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. All right, so we as Christians, we are the branches that are connected to the, the vine, the trunk, if you will, uh, of Jesus Christ. And he gives us a place, he nourishes us, he helps us. But as we abide in him, the natural result is spiritual fruit. So we're going to read this passage again, and we're going to actually go down to verse 17 today. And as we do so, I really want you to look out for this word, fruit, and see how much Jesus refers to spiritual fruit in this passage. So look at John chapter 15, starting in verse 1. Listen to what he says. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. But if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this and someone lay down his life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I heard from my Father I made known to you. And you didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. All right, so did you see it? He says the natural result of this abiding relationship is spiritual fruit. If we are abiding in Jesus Christ, there's going to be a result. There's going to be spiritual fruit that is born. When the branch abides in the vine, he's not just saying, hey, I just need to stay here. If he stays here, the natural result is spiritual fruit. So if we are doing this process correctly, if we are living in Jesus Christ, we will see spiritual fruit. If you are walking in Jesus Christ, you ought to see spiritual fruit in your life. And if you don't see spiritual fruit, that is a true problem. 
That is a serious issue. If you believe you're walking in Jesus Christ, but there is zero spiritual fruit, you're you're not walking in this path, you don't see joy, you're not seeing spiritual fruit, that ought to be a huge red flag to all of us because if we abide, then we will see spiritual fruit. But it's interesting because the way you get to that fruit is a little indirect. If we started with this, and the reason we didn't talk about fruit this entire series is because there's a temptation to say, well, great, let's just produce spiritual fruit. How do we get the spiritual fruit? How do we cultivate spiritual fruit? What kind of fruit are we talking about? I mean, what do we do with the fruit? And you, you focus on this, but that's not how you produce spiritual fruit. You and I can't produce it. We can't create it. We can't manufacture it. The only job he gives us is to abide to live in this abiding relationship. And if we live in this abiding relationship, the natural result will be spiritual fruit. And so our goal is to repent, abide, obey, enjoy. And if we do this, then this will produce spiritual fruit. Now, let's define our terms uh, because you might be going, Adam, we're talking about fruit a lot. This seems a little weird. Uh, What are we talking about here? In spiritual terms, what does it mean to have spiritual fruit? And he talks a lot about it in this passage, but uh, there's a separate passage where Paul really breaks this down. It's a very familiar passage in Galatians chapter 5, where he tells us what this fruit is. So look at Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let's also keep in step with the Spirit. All right, so what is this spiritual fruit? Well, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the attributes of the Spirit. But please note that these are not generic. This is not generic love. This is not just having a loving attitude or just kind of loving in general. This is the love of Jesus Christ. It's not just generic joy. This is not a bare emotion like we talked about last week. This is the joy of Jesus Christ. This is peace, not just generic peace. Hey, let's all just get along. This is the peace of Jesus Christ. So when we're talking about this fruit, this is literally Christ being recreated in us. This is Christ living in us. We become more like him. That's the spiritual fruit. Notice it's capital S, spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that is working through us. We're keeping in step with the spirit. We're living by the spirit. This is the spirit of God, the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit who lives in us, recreating Christ in us. He lives in us. And as we walk in him, we repent, abide, obey, enjoy. Literally, Christ begins to live out of our lives. We begin to look like him. We begin to think like him. We love what he loves. We hate what he hates. We begin to see people like he sees people. We literally begin to align our lives with him because as we walk in him and live in him, we become like him. That is spiritual fruit and that cannot be hidden. But look here in John chapter 15 because we see more of this fruit. What does it look like uh, for somebody to be bearing spiritual fruit? Well, first off, we see prayers being answered. Look at verse 7. Verse seven will say, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. 
And then skip down to verse 16, and notice what it says there, something very similar. He says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. All right, so one of the the fruits uh, that, that comes from walking in the Lord is that we see prayers answered. But this is not because you've mastered the system. It's not because you figured out the process or you now know the magic words to make the spell or the incantation work. This is not mechanical, it's relational. Why do we see more prayers being answered when I'm walking this journey? Because my will is being aligned with his. I begin to start asking things that are more aligned with what he is doing. I begin to desire the very same things that he wants. And so, of course, you're going to see more prayers answered because we're, we're walking in step with the Spirit. We're joining Him in what He is doing, and so He is glad to involve us. He's glad to work through us, so you ought to be seeing more prayers answered. If you can't see a single prayer answered in your life, that's a warning flag. Not that prayer doesn't work, but that my life is not truly aligned with Him. So part of the spiritual fruit is prayers being answered. Here's the second thing. We get the joy of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Again, this is not generic joy. This is the joy of Jesus Christ. The fullness of joy that is in him, he shares with us. As we abide in him and we live in him, his very joy comes to live in us. Again, we explored this all last week. This is not just bare happiness. It's not just a bare emotion, but it's a joy that sustains us. Here's the third thing we have. We get a closer relationship with Jesus. All through this passage, Jesus uses this word in. Abide in me and I in you. This is personal. It's relational. He says, I'm not gonna leave you as an orphan. I'm gonna come and live in you, walk with you, be in you. This is a very personal process. As you walk in Jesus Christ and you walk this path, Part of that fruit is a closeness with Jesus. You feel connected to him. You feel like you are walking in him. Why? Because you're getting to know him more and more. You are aligning with him. Uh, But here's the fourth thing. We get sacrificial love of others. Look at verses 12 and 13. This is why we kept reading this week. 12 and 13, it says this. This is the commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than someone laid down his life for his friends. Then skip down to verse 17. Look what it says there. These things I command you so that you will love one another. When you and I walk this path, part of that spiritual fruit is that we will sacrificially love other people. Because that's how Jesus loves us. We begin to see people differently. Instead of seeing people as enemies or just not seeing them at all, we begin to see people, not for what they can do for us, but, but, but as people who desperately need Jesus, just like us. People who are hurting and wounded, just like us. People who need grace, just like us. And we begin to love them. We begin to serve them, not for what they can give back to us, but just how Jesus graciously loves me. We begin to love other people regardless of whether they could help us out or not. Because that's how Jesus loves us. As we walk this path, we are becoming like him. We begin to sacrificially love others. And then fifthly, we become a blessing to everyone around us. 
when you and I walk this path, we begin to bear spiritual fruit, and that fruit blesses everyone around us. Think about it. When a plant bears fruit, that fruit is not for the plant itself. The fruit doesn't actually help the plant itself. Look, I know all about seeds and how the whole process works. I get that. But, but, but think about the actual fruit itself. It does not nourish the plant. Uh, a banana, an apple, a peach, a pear, a lemon. These don't actually nourish the plant. They nourish the animals and the humans around it. The fruit is for everyone else. When God blesses us and we walk in him, we get joy, but the added benefit is we get this spiritual fruit that then nourishes everybody around us. This goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 12. Abraham, I'm gonna bless you that you might be a blessing. This is the gospel in the beginning where God says uh, through, through Abraham and then through Israel and now through the church of Jesus Christ, I wanna bless the entire world. I wanna bless everybody that they might have life through Jesus Christ. And so as God works in us, we become a blessing to the people around us. It ought to be that we bring life into the relationships around us, into our friend groups, into our workplaces, into our neighborhoods, into our families. We ought to be the people who bring blessing and not strife. We are the people who bring encouragement and not condemnation. We are the people who bring stability and not drama. Could we have a little less drama in life? Could we try that? Wouldn't that be a little fun? I mean, seriously, are we contributing to it or are we diffusing it? Listen, we ought to be a blessing because we're walking in Jesus, we act like Jesus, we have the power and the spirit of Jesus living in us that ought to produce a blessing to the people around us. This is the fruit that God wants to produce in us. If we will consistently walk this path, this is what he's going to do in us. And so the question I have is, are you seeing spiritual fruit in your life? Like, think that through. Do you see spiritual fruit in your life? If you really get brave, you might actually ask a friend of yours and say, do you see spiritual fruit in my life? And buckle up for the answer they may or may not give. Because when you and I evaluate your lives, we need to see, hey, am I seeing true spiritual fruit or am I seeing fake fruit in our lives? Because it's possible to have fake fruit. It really is. Instead of having this real relationship, you can have fake fruit in your life. You ever seen a fake plant before? I I like fake plants. I really do. Um, I cannot tell you the number of plants that have been murdered in my home. All right? Uh, Neither Allison and I are gardeners of any kind. She's better than I am. Uh, But look, I'm just, uh, the yard, everything. I'm just not good at it, right? Uh, And so fake plants are great because they're green all the time and they can't die. It's wonderful, right? And you just buy them fully grown. They're just right there. But here's the thing. If you actually get up close to that plant, you'll find they're dusty. And there's one thing that they cannot do. They cannot produce fruit of any kind. They provide no blessing to anybody But the the good thing they have going for them is they're easy. And for some of us, instead of going through the process to produce spiritual fruit, we will settle for fake fruit. What, What does that look like? Well, you can settle for a fake spirituality. Instead of truly walking in Jesus Christ and becoming more like Jesus Christ, we just want to become spiritual, right? You ever met a spiritual person before? I'm spiritual, right? 
They always want to talk about how spiritual they are, right? They do all kinds of spiritual things, right? They're very spiritual in their practices, right? Anything can be spiritual in their life. The problem is they're not connected to Jesus at all. There's no actual change. There's no repentance. Why would you do that? I just want to be spiritual, right? We just kind of baptize worldly things in a spiritual moniker and pretend it's life, but it doesn't actually produce spiritual fruit. Uh, look at this verse in Colossians. This is Colossians chapter two. Uh, the Colossians had really gotten into this whole idea. They had taken Jesus and they had l- just lavished on a bunch of made up ideas and, and all these kind of weird things that they thought were super spiritual. Listen to what Paul says. He says, let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and the worship of angels, going on in detail about their visions, puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and held together uh, through his joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. He says, listen, all these people who just are, are vaguely spiritual, small s, spiritual, they have a problem. There's not ever going to be any real spiritual fruit. Why? Because they're not connected to the head. Because you're not connected to Jesus. We don't want to be small S spiritual. I want to be capital S spiritual. Holy Spirit spiritual. I don't just want my spirit. I want the Holy Spirit. When somebody tells you that they're spiritual, ask them this question. To which spirit are you referring to? What kind of spiritual are we talking about? Is it just my vague spirituality? All that means is is that I, I, I affirm that I have a soul. But what we are looking for is Holy Spirit spiritual, where the Holy Spirit births in me true spiritual fruit. Well, that can only come from Jesus. That only comes from abiding in him. I gotta walk in him, abide in him. So are we connected to him or are we just settling for a generic vague, fake spirituality, all right? But here's the second thing that you can settle for. You can settle for fake service. You can settle for fake service. Fake plants can't produce real fruit, and so you might want that to be a fruit tree, so you just take some real fruit and you just kind of staple it on there, right? Maybe you want to glue it, right? You just kind of put it on there. Look, real fruit. Yeah, it's not real fruit. That didn't come from there, but it's real fruit. You just kind of stick it on the fake plant and assume it looks good. And from afar, it will look good. But just because we do some good things does not mean this is true spiritual fruit. I I hate to see this, and sometimes it occurs, and and I'm sorry if you've encountered somebody like this before, and I hope you've never encountered that kind of person here at Double Oak, but it's possible. Have you ever seen somebody who shows up at church all the time, but they're they're just really not great people? You ever notice that? Like I've seen people before in churches and they have a perfect attendance record. They are there every week. Every week they're there. Rain, snow, shine, does not matter. They will be at church. And they are the meanest person you've ever met. You ever met that person? But they are here every week. They are faithful, so faithful. But God forbid you sit in their seat. You're gonna get the look. You're in my seat, your seat. Who gave you that seat? Did you build this seat? Did Jesus give you this seat? This is not your seat. Get out of my seat. No, the <laughs> they go sit somewhere else. But they're faithful, perfect attendance. You're stapling fruit on a bad tree. Hey, it's great to be faithful, but if there's no change of your heart, if there's no change of your character, if there's no resemblance to Jesus Christ, you're just trying to staple good deeds 
on a tree that's not actually producing any fruit. I mean, if you really want to to grow in Christ, there ought to be uh, a a true resemblance to Jesus. So look at this in Matthew chapter 7. This is a tough passage, but Jesus says this. He says, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Now, this is a scary verse because you're like, Adam, I've never done any of those things. Is that, am I lost? And furthermore, he said, it looks like they're doing the works of their father. Look at all those works. Look at all the service that they are doing. But look at the problem in verse 23. I will declare to them, I never knew you. Do you see it? Jesus is not interesting in the quantity of service that we can produce. He's interested in us. He's interested in a relationship with us. And if all we do is just say, well, I'm a vaguely good person. All right, I, I do some good things. I, I do a bunch of bad things, but I do a couple good things, and so I think I balance out. You have missed the point. God is not interested in you being a vaguely good person who vaguely does good things. What person on this planet doesn't do a few good things every now and then? Nobody wakes up as a totally evil person. Have you noticed that? Nobody wakes up and says, you know what? I'm just evil. Evil day! How can I spread destruction and mayhem wherever I go? No one says that. They all think of themselves as good persons, and we do too. Hey, are you just stapling on fruit onto a bad tree, or are you walking the path and actually bearing true spiritual fruit in your life? Years ago, uh, there was a lady at our church named Miss Betty Duncan. Uh, and Miss Betty Duncan sat right back there in the very back row. Uh, I would see her every Sunday because there's a little light back there. I don't know if you guys know that. Um, but I would see Miss Betty Duncan. Uh, and when they joined the church, uh, she died like back in 2015. Uh, but when they were joining the church, she had a lot of her extended family who were here with her. Uh, and so we sat down to do their membership interview where I asked all of them how they each came to know Jesus Christ. Uh, and so she told me her story and, and some of the other family members. But we got to one of the f- adult family members and she said, yeah. She says, you know, I always thought I was a Christian, uh, and then one day, uh, this Miss Betty sat me down and just said, are you sure you're a believer in Jesus Christ? And she said, I was offended. I was super offended. I'm an adult. I'm a good person. Why, why would, why would Miss Betty say to me, how do you know you're a Christian? Are you sure you're a good Christian? It's kind of provocative. And I looked at Miss Betty. You know what Miss Betty said? She just looked back at me and said, I didn't see any fruit. Miss Betty was funny. You know what this lady said? She said, guess what? Miss Betty was right. And as an adult, I gave my life to Jesus Christ because I was a nice person, but I had not given my life to him. I didn't have a real relationship with him. She gave her life to the Lord. Are you seeing true spiritual fruit in your life? Or are we just doing a couple good deeds and calling it good enough and moving along? Now, you might say, Adam, why, why would anybody settle for, for fake fruit? Why would you settle for, for, for fake fruit or a fake tree, a fake relationship with the Lord? And again, the answer is simple, because it is easy. 
It is so much easier to buy a fully made plant and just to sit it there. Actually growing that kind of plant is hard. This is why I am not a farmer of any way, shape, or form. Because if you are a farmer, guess what? Farmers have this ability. They understand the earth. They understand the process. They will plant a seed. And guess what happens for the next few weeks? Nothing. Nothing. It looks like they have wasted their time with bare earth. But the whole time, they're going to have to water that earth and fertilize that earth and keep pests away. And then there's going to be a, a small plant that grows. We're nowhere near fruit. It'll be months and months before you finally get a plant strong enough, big enough to produce fruit. In the case of a fruit tree, it might be years before you actually see fruit off of that tree. That farmer's gonna have to be patient to go through the process, to recognize this is a long-term process, but if I go through this process, it is not just gonna produce one piece of fruit, it is gonna produce a crop of fruit that will be a blessing to me and to everyone around us. But that takes incredible patience. And for many of us, we just don't have it. We wanna short-circuit the process. We say, yeah, but I want that now. We live in an instant gratification culture and we demand to have it now. If you wanna see spiritual fruit, if you wanna walk this path to repent, abide, obey, enjoy, it's not going to happen overnight. It, 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 all these things do not change overnight. And so guess what? If we're really going to see this abiding process work out, we're, we're gonna have to do two things. We're gonna have to both lower and raise our expectations. When it comes to this walk in Jesus Christ, you need to both lower and raise your expectations. On the one hand, you need to lower your expectations. There's only so much good that can come of one worship service. There is. I think some of us are assuming sooner or later, like the lottery, you're gonna walk into a worship service and you're gonna walk around, hallelujah, and you're just gonna love Jesus, right? Leviticus will be your favorite book of the Bible, right? It's not true for anybody, right? I mean, look. You just think it's going to happen. It, that does not happen for anyone. There's only so much good it can do. Look, if there's a marriage that's on the rocks and you go out and you have a great date, hey, praise the Lord. But guess what? That one date's not going to fix your marriage. It's a great step in the right direction. It needs to be followed by many more steps. But one good date is not going to fix the problems in your marriage. If you get a scratch or, or worse yet, just a deep cut on your arm, well, guess what? You can bandage that thing. You're okay. You're not going to die, but it's still going to hurt. You're going to have to keep it bandaged. You're going to have to take care of it for days, maybe weeks. You might end up with a scar. You'll be fine, but guess what? That takes time. As you and I walk in the Lord, it, it takes time to go through this process. It takes time to produce fruit. You would say, Adam, I've been coming to this series. I've come six weeks. I've come six full weeks of church in a row. I've never done that. Why aren't I fixed? Because you can't fix your life in six weeks. That doesn't work for anybody. I'm glad you're doing that, but guess what? It takes consistency. It takes time, just like that farmer laboring over that ground. But if I will stay in the process, you absolutely will see spiritual fruit. Well, we got to expand our horizon. we got to lower our expectations for what can happen in a day, for what can happen immediately. Look, I don't know how your experience has been with these dots, if you were here uh, week two, uh, we offered you guys these little, um, little clear uh, plastic dots that you can put on your watch or your phone or your dashboard or your computer. Uh, and I've been doing this with y'all for, I mean, six weeks now. 
And look, it's been very helpful to remind me that every time I see that dot, right now I abide in Jesus Christ. But can I confess something to you? I see this thing like, I don't know, a hundred times a day. There's sometimes I see my dot, I just go, I know, I know. I looked at my five minutes ago, I know, I abide, I abide, I abide, I abide, I get it. And you're like, every time I look at my watch, I don't have a spiritual epiphany, right? Every time I walk, look at my watch, I don't have this grand experience. Sometimes it's just five minutes since the last time I looked at my watch. And that's okay. Because this is a journey. It's not an instant quick fix. It's not stapling on the fruit. It's a relationship with the Lord. And so you might need to lower your expectations and say, hey, listen, even when I don't see it, God's working. Even when I don't feel it, God's working. Even though I'm not seeing the instant results, God is still working. And if I stay in this process, I will see spiritual growth. But here's the second thing. You also need to raise your expectations. Because some of us, the horizon line for us is like, hey, Adam, I just want to be a slightly better person. I just want to not have this sin problem. I just want to have a couple of things going on. Why would you settle for that when infinite joy is offered to you? What Jesus wants for us is not just to have a little bit of a better life or, or a little bit less of a problem. He says, no, if you abide in me, if you will repent, abide, obey, enjoy, I don't want to produce a little fruit in your life. I want to produce a ton of fruit in your life. I want to do incredible things in your life. Imagine how much fruit God could produce in your life if you consistently walked with him for a month. Now think about that, what he could do in you in six months or a year or a decade. Now expand it out even farther. What could God do in your life throughout eternity? How much fruit could God produce? For amateur botanists like us, we produce plants in pots or maybe a garden or at best a yard. Do you know what farmers work with? Orchards and acres and fields of crops. And that's what God wants to produce in you. He's not going to settle for just a little bit of spiritual fruit. No, he wants to overflow your life with spiritual fruit. Look what Jesus is gonna say here. Uh, this is in Mark chapter four, verse 20. Uh, he's in the parable of the soils and he talks about different kinds of people. Some people are hard soil. They can't take up uh, the, the word at all. Some people are rocky soil. It just doesn't take root. Some people, they're, the, the soil is good, but it gets choked by the cares of the world. But look at this last one. He says, but those that are sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. One seed, 100-fold results. Why would we settle for being vaguely good people? When God wants to walk us along a path to give us infinite joy in him and that we might bear spiritual fruit that will not just bless us, it will bless everyone around us, 30, 60, and 100-fold. If we will walk this journey consistently, that is absolutely what you're going to see. So do this for me. Bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. I'm going to invite Stephen and the worship team to come back up and lead us. 
with your head bowed and eyes closed, can I just ask you that question again? Are you seeing spiritual fruit in your life? I am not asking if you're perfect. I'm not asking if you've done some grand, massive thing that proves you're a Christian. Just be honest. Do you see spiritual fruit in your life? Are you seeing change? Are you seeing your heart turn to become more like Jesus Christ? Are you beginning to see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in increasing measures in your life? I know there's still problem areas for you. There are problem areas for me. But are you seeing change? Are you, are you beginning to see that spiritual fruit? And if not, why not? For some of you, it legitimately might be you have never fully surrendered to Jesus Christ. That's such a weird thing to say. I don't think any of us fully surrenders to the Lord. We're constantly having to surrender again and again and again. But, but there does beg a question have you ever started this relationship where you didn't hold anything back? And you said, I give Jesus everything. Not just my Sundays, not just a couple days of the week, not just when I feel like it, but I need Jesus for everything. Do you have a personal relationship with him? Because if you don't, you can have one. Right now. You can just say, Jesus, I repent. And you will always be accepted. I wonder if some of you, even as adults right now, you just need to say, I've I've never had a real relationship with Jesus. I've tried to be good, but I've never given my life to him. Give it to him right now. Say, Jesus, I put my faith and trust in you. I repent of my sins and I need you to transform me. Help me. And he will do so. But if you're a believer and say, Adam, I'm not seeing spiritual fruit in my life. Why not? Is there something you need to repent of? It's blocking kind of your ability to walk with him. Is it time you really began to abide in him and walk in him more fully to get to know him? Is there a place he's asking you to obey and you're just not listening to him? Or maybe you've been seeking joy from the world, but you're not recognizing the joy that Jesus can give you. Maybe today is just the call to stay in the process and to not give up and to not just walk away and settle for the fake but instead to walk in Jesus that he might bring you 30, 60, 100 fold in your life. So I'm gonna pray for us in a moment. I'll be here up at the front. If you'd like me to pray for you, I'd love to pray for you as well. You wanna pray these altars, you can, but can we be people today who say, I will walk this path up and down, back and forth to learn the art of abiding that we might all see spiritual fruit. So Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your patience with us. As we don't always walk this path as we should, as we get distracted or we, we wander. Lord, you're so good to us. And Lord, we don't deserve any spiritual fruit. We, we'd be enough just for you to love us. But, but instead you say, no, if you abide in me, you will bear fruit. Father, could we be people who abide in you so fully, who focus on you so deeply that we could not help but be changed. We could not help but produce spiritual fruit that all of the world might be blessed. Our friends and neighbors and families, the people of this church, the people we love most, God, the people who desperately need you, may we be a blessing to them as you produce that spiritual fruit in us. And so please, Father, help us, convict us, prune us, 
that we might bear even more fruit, 30, 60, and 100-fold. We long to see it. In your name we pray.